Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. And look, I want to do a quick disclaimer right up front. If you happen to hear birds chirping on the day that I decided to record this episode, it would appear that a flock of birds has come to my house. (laughs) And so uh, if you've listened, you know, over the long run, you've heard me talk about my luck with the lawnmowers in my neighborhood, usually from about April until September or October. Uh, Every day I choose to record podcasts, somebody starts to mow their lawn and it's just sort of a comical thing. And apparently now we're going to add birds to that. So it is a sweet sound. It feels like maybe spring is finally here. Um, But if you hear some birds, just rest sure I have not purchased any birds to live inside of my home. Those are God's little mysteries flying around my house. So today we're going to talk about becoming unstoppable. And honestly, as I was praying over you guys who are listening to this podcast, and I was just asking the Holy Spirit, what is on your heart for the art of being you and our listener base, I felt like the Lord said this phrase, becoming unstoppable. And, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized how true it is that there is one definitive thing that makes or breaks someone's ability to get to the end of their life being white hot for Jesus, being passionate for Jesus through all the ups and downs that life brings us, and it is this holy tenacity. You can look to your left and your right, and you can think about people who you were in ministry with, maybe, or you were in youth group with, who did not make it, right? They have not decided to continue to follow Jesus for whatever reason. And there is one definitive thing, I think, that that it comes down to, and we're going to talk about that today. Now, I do want to say kind of upfront that there are more than one reason why someone walks away from a passionate relationship with Jesus, but a lot of it is rooted in either unforgiveness, bitterness, or disappointment. And the truth of the matter is that every single one of us, no one is exempt from this. Every single one of us is going to go through really hard things where we are invited in those moments by Jesus to lay down our life. Matthew 16, 25 says it like this, he who lays down his life will find it. What does that mean? What does it mean to lay down your life? Well, the reality is that included in our life are our dreams, our perception of the calling of God on our life, our relationships, our our desire to be, you know, to preserve ourselves, self-preservation. When we come to these moments in our life where everything is bleak and everything is frustrating and everything is dark, We have an opportunity in that moment to lay down our life and allow Jesus to do something in those moments. I've been in ministry for a long time, uh, about 20 years now at this point. And the one thing that I have seen over and over and over again is when we come to these broken places, some of us will choose to tap into that holy tenacity and pursue Jesus, even though we're laying down something so precious to us. And some of us will choose to decide that the cost is too great. Look, if you look through the Bible, you will not find an example of someone who was a disciple of Jesus who did not pay a price to follow him. 
Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not trying to say that, you know, Jesus demands something from us, that Jesus requires something from us, etc. The reality is that Jesus requires us to lay down our life because more often than not, our life is wrapped up in something other than the kingdom of God. And it's through his sacrifice, through our salvation, and through these moments where he becomes Lord over our life again and again, when we invite him into that place, that we get to understand the kingdom all the more. See, it's it's not that he demands you pay the price. It's that that's just the way that it works on this side of Eden, right? That the fact that sin came into the world, the brokenness that came into the world in the Garden of Eden requires us to step out of what we feel is the right thing for us and to step into the thing that Jesus is saying. Now, sometimes those are lined up. But I don't know about you, but in my years of ministry and living in community with other believers, I have found time and again that it would appear, okay, so I'm making an observation here. I'm not giving you a scriptural doctrinal statement. I'm just making an observation. It would appear that God will sometimes give us dreams only to ask us to lay them down. God will sometimes call us to something and give us a dream for something only to later ask us to surrender that back to him so he can give us a different dream. Years ago, I was doing youth ministry in Texas and I was sold out. I was like, I'm going to be a granny youth pastor. You know, I'm going to do this my whole life. There is nothing more enticing to me than raising up the next generation. And I just, you know, anybody who would say, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I would say, I plan on being in youth ministry. There are no questions about it. I believe that is what God has called me to do. Imagine my surprise when God brought me to a place and said, I want you to lay down your dream of being in youth ministry all your life. (laughs) Wait a second, God, that wasn't my dream. That was your dream. You gave that to me. Nonetheless, sweetie, I want you to lay it down. Okay, I'll do that. And he gives me a different dream, right? In that particular instance, he gave us a dream to be senior pastors and to plant and lead a church. And we did that for eight years. And guess what happened? (laughs) You guys know this story if you've been following along. The dream I didn't ask for, the dream I didn't want, the dream that God gave me, he asked me to give it back to him, to lay it down, to be, you know, be willing to receive a different dream. Why does all of this matter? Well, because in those moments, you know, what I'm saying right now sounds really idealistic. It is completely devoid of the agony of my soul that I experienced going through each of those moments and the others that I'm not even mentioning. See, the reality is when we lay down our life, that is painful. It is uncomfortable. It is not natural because we're stepping into a supernatural way of being. The difference between somebody who is unstoppable and somebody who stops in their bitterness and brokenness is this, your willingness to be close to Jesus and have staying power, staying power, to stay with him when you don't understand, to stay close to him when you feel like he is hurting you, to, to, to draw near to him when he feels like the obstacle that's in your way. This is what's required of being a disciple, not necessarily biblically, but it just is how it flushes out in our life. We are, we we have to learn to stay close to Jesus. See, in those moments of invitation, in the midst of our brokenness, the enemy comes along and he begins to sow the same seeds he's been sowing since the Garden of Eden, and he begins to cause you to question, right? 
well, did God really say that you have to lay this down? Did God really say that now is the time? Did God really say? And he begins to sow discord through doubt. And, you know, a little bit of doubt might be healthy, right? A little bit of doubt might might cause us to step back and just get some confirmation, to get some clarity, to make sure we're really hearing from the Lord. But, but doubt in a spiritual sense can become a huge crippling force in our life, especially if we allow it to keep us from staying close to Jesus. What does that look like? Well, in suspicion, we start to question the Lord, but you know, we don't really question him, right? We don't walk right up and say, God, did you mean this? We question from a distance just in case we don't like the answer that he says. And that right there is the beginning of becoming stoppable. See, if you want to be unstoppable, you have to get good at staying close to the source, staying close to Jesus, even if he's the one who is disciplining you in that moment, even if he's the one causing the brokenness in your life. What do I mean by that? I'm not saying that God, you know, creates sin scenarios or creates um, sickness. That's not true. But it absolutely is true that God will ask you to lay something down that feels very painful. So I'm reminded of the story of the rich young ruler, right? So this guy has been living his whole life in what is perceived to be perfect devotion. He's been obeying the Ten Commandments. He's been faithful in all of these ways. And he comes to Jesus and he, he has this moment where he's aware that Jesus is the Son of God, right? And he says, you know, what must I do to be saved? And, and they start talking about how, what have you fulfilled and what have you done? And he's like, yes, I've done all these Ten Commandments. Of course, I'm paraphrasing here. And then at the end of the conversation, Jesus says, well, go and give all that you have away and then come and follow me. And what does the Bible say at the last sentence of that story? The rich young ruler went away sad. He went away sad. Did Jesus turn him away? No. Jesus invited him to be in this life-giving dynamic relationship where he would learn not only to be saved, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be ministering signs and wonders and miracles and deliverances and, and changing the course of history. That was the invitation that Jesus gave to this young man, this bright entrepreneur man. And he went away sad because the cost was too great for him to pay. He didn't trust that what Jesus would provide for him in closeness, in proximity, in the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit was enough to make up for the feeling of being poor. Of course, I'm speculating here. He didn't have that holy tenacity that you and I must have if we want to be unstoppable. So a couple of quick thoughts for you about what it looks like to be unstoppable in your life, especially in your life with God. Well, the number one thing that unstoppable people do, they do not allow themselves to be distracted. They do not allow themselves to be distracted. Recently, I was reading in my Bible commentary. Uh, I love my favorite Bible to study from is the NIV Cultural Backgrounds Bible. It's a big honker. It's like seven pounds or something like that. And I do carry it places like a weirdo. But anyways, um, I love that Bible because the commentary is so rich. It's focused specifically on the cultural connotations of the scripture. And I just love it. And um, there was an interesting commentary on Philippians chapter one that I was reading in there recently, and it made the comment that um, th that philosophers in the early biblical days, they regarded things that you couldn't control as peripheral things. In other words, they were like, not that they were indifferent towards them, 
like one of those would be Paul being put into prison, but they didn't allow the peripheral things, the things they couldn't control to distract them from the mission that they believe God had put them on. So I'm going to ask you a painful question here. Can you say the same? I I don't know if I could. I mean, if I was like talking in my break room with one of my coworkers about the love of Jesus and somebody busted in and put me in a jail cell, I think I would would feel um, less inclined to consider that a peripheral circumstance. (laughs) That would become the sole focus of my mind. At least I think it would. But what is Jesus inviting us into? Look, there's these moments where you're not going to be able to control what goes on in your life. And there's these moments where you're going to feel so broken. And in those moments, you have an opportunity to come closer to Jesus, to allow his his character to become your character, to, to help you to let go of certain things, things that might not be bad, but are just not helpful for where he's taking you to. Mike Bickle would say that for anybody to really fulfill the promise of God on their life, they have to, this is his perspective, they have to have made it through three different seasons of absolute brokenness and disappointment while staying connected to Jesus in humility and growing in character. Three. So when I read that, I started counting back those various seasons in my life. I'm like, am I there yet, God? You know, because the truth is none of us are going to escape these times, but we can become unstoppable despite them. So another thought I have for you guys about this topic is this. Are your, are your strengths also becoming your weaknesses? So here's the reality. We all have these God-given abilities and talents and strengths. And sometimes we become stoppable because we don't understand when our strengths are actually working against us. In the Gallup StrengthsFinder world, I spent a lot of time recently doing about five different trainings on the StrengthsFinder with my brother, who's a certified Gallup coach. And um, we were talking a lot about this idea that Gallup uses called the balcony and the basement of your strengths. In other words, something that you do naturally well, that you can do um, without being told, it's just a part of who you are, can be in a balcony form, which we would consider to be the beautiful, um, you know, majestic. It's working. It's working for you. It's bringing about good results. But it can also that same strength can also be in a basement form. It can also work against you. It can be hurting the forward motion that you're trying to make. Let me give you a a quick example about that. So um, one of those would be like strategic. So one of my top, my number one strength on on the Gallup StrengthsFinder um, list is strategic. And so strategy, this type of strength, basically it it means you can figure out a way to get to the goal you want to go. So, uh, you know, my mind never stops coming up with ways to accomplish the goals that I have. Like nine, I can see nine different paths of how to get to where I want to go. And a lot of times that's a strength, right? Because I can evaluate those paths and I can choose which path is going to have the least resistance or going to bring us the most fruit. But when that strength, that same strength is in a a basement form, What it's doing is causing something called analysis paralysis, where now I have so many options that I can't figure out which is the best one. And I end up not making any choice because I can't find what feels to me like the right choice. Analysis paralysis has absolutely crippled a lot of the things that God has called me to do and caused me to really have to go, you know, get a lot of help to move past so that I can fulfill the things that God has asked me to do. Analysis paralysis is the basement form of something that actually is one of my greatest strengths, in my opinion. 
So when we are becoming unstoppable, we are not letting our strengths become our weaknesses and we are aware when they do. This can happen with the prophetic. This can happen with serving, right? In the church context where serving and and hospitality and these types of things can be something you do really well. And they can also be something that you do so much that you don't know how to say no to and it burns you out. Lots to think about in that. You know, God is looking for people who don't quit, who pursue his character no matter what is going on in their life. Again, I want to say to you that brokenness, it's actually not a bad thing. You're not going to avoid it. Every single one of us is going to go through at least one series season of brokenness. And I'm talking about the kind of brokenness that God brings in. Now, there's a lot of brokenness in this world that is from human failing, right? We get connected to somebody uh, we shouldn't be. We date somebody we shouldn't be um, dating. We, you know, follow a pastor who is preaching non-biblical doctrine and we get deceived in that way. I mean, gosh, there's so much brokenness that we go through that's caused by human failure. But there are seasons of brokenness that God brings in, and that's different. It might feel the same inside of you, but it's different because it is a holy, sanctifying process. And we have to be ready for when God feels the need to bring that about in our life, not because he's mean or cruel, but because he knows this is how he's going to grow you so that you can have the things that are in your heart to have. There's a really interesting book called Breaking Off the Outer Man and Releasing the Spirit by a a pastor. I think he's a Chinese pastor. Maybe he's from South Korea um, named Watchman Nee. And this book is really, really powerful and very deep. It's a quick read. And basically the idea of it is this, that you are, because of our, because of sin being in the world, you are prone to go towards your flesh and that the, the, that God needs to break off the outer man or, or the flesh, for lack of a better word, and release your spirit, which is the eternal part of you that God created, the pure, the, that's the part of you that gets redeemed and it becomes the new creation. Um, and, and so he talks about how God will take us and break us to get it, get us to a place where we are being led by our spirit so that we can be led by his spirit. And some of us resist this process so much that God is not able to do the breaking that he wants to do. And so we have to go through longer seasons of breaking. So let's just end with this thought. What does it look like to resist the breaking that God brings? Well, it means that we step away from him. We start to feel that breaking happen and we just quit spending time with the Lord. We allow lies about who God is and his character to come into our mind and we, we med- meditate on those, right? That God is being cruel, that God is withholding, that God is, um, what's another one? That God is just choosing not to protect you, that God is indifferent towards your suffering. Oh, and a really bad one would be that God just doesn't care enough about you that he does like other people and that's why you are suffering. All of those are lies, all of them. So in those moments of our brokenness, one of the ways we stall out is that we, we move away from the Lord. We stop spending time with him. Another way is we stop reading his word, right? We stop anchoring ourselves in his word because that's how we know beyond a shadow of a doubt what God is saying. We might be confused and conflicted on what the word of the Lord is coming to our mind and our thoughts, but we can never be confused about what the word of God says in the Bible. So the Bible becomes our anchor. And the third and final way that we resist the breaking that God brings in, or at least the third way we're going to talk about it today, because I think there's more than this, we allow bitterness to come into our heart and we walk away. 
we walk away. We, we quit. We tap out. We don't have staying power in that moment. We don't access holy tenacity. We just kind of throw our hands up. It's like it's not worth it. We're the rich young ruler in that moment. It is not worth it. Whatever is on the other side of this brokenness cannot possibly be worth the internal frustration I feel right now. And that's just not true. It's just not true. Sometimes we think we hold on to our dreams so much, right? These dreams that God has given us and we hold on to them so much that we feel like the dream becomes more important or the fulfillment of that dream becomes more important than closeness with Jesus. See, the challenge that we have here, the challenge that we all experience is to let the brokenness birth something new in our life. Humility. That's a big one that comes from seasons of brokenness. Perspective, commitment, perseverance, faith. When we hold holy tenacity within ourselves, when we, um, when, when we have staying power, what happens is we don't quit. And over time, we discover that we're going from glory to glory, maybe at a slower pace than we thought, we would, maybe at a slower pace than we think is socially acceptable, but we're still in it. We are still moving forward and we are becoming unstoppable. That's my prayer for you guys today, friends, is that you would be inspired today to truly become unstoppable, to no longer allow the enemy to move you backwards in these times of challenge that you will go through, but to propel you forward by the grace of the Holy Spirit so that you can come into the things that God wants you to have. You can grow up in the Lord and become even more mature than you are right now. It is absolutely worth it. It's absolutely painful, but it is absolutely worth it. You can be unstoppable. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.